welcome to the first episode of Money Lab, a show about business or businessy things, whatever you want to call it. I'm your host, Matt. Oops, I sat on a cucumber, Jibanisi, and today <laughs> we're talking <laughs> about video stuff, doing video video work on the internet. I just uh, I want to say first and foremost, I hope you make a new middle name for every episode. <laughs> that's the that that's, needs to be the thing. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you just heard a voice. There's a there's somebody joining me on the show. He's a good friend. He lives close by here in beautiful, sunny Colorado. And today, it's very, very sunny outside, which is like 300 days a year, so yeah. not a big deal. You didn't he, take the opportunity to take a dig at Denver. No. Isn't oh, yeah. Like the Boulder thing to do? Right. So I live in Boulder. He lives in Denver. He lives in that dilapidated shanty town called Denver. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I live in the Boulder bubble. Uh, so he runs a site called collegeinfogeek.com. And has a crazy successful YouTube channel with over a million subscribers. Something like that. It's huge. Helping people to become better students. Thomas Frank, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for being my uh, technically first guest. Yeah. Yeah, all I, the other episodes got scrapped, right? Oh, the, yeah. Letterman and Howard Stern, those just didn't make it. Yeah, make the they cut. weren't that great. Well. They were not. <laughs> hopefully I can buck the trend. Yeah, well, we'll try. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, I'm just here for the free coffee. Yeah. But I guess I can say words for a while. Yeah, well, that's actually going to be $3. Damn it. This is Boulder, by the way. That is very expensive for this mm, kind of coffee. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, chock full of nuts ain't cheap, you know. So, uh, before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members-only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning-fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math. And Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out that's moneylab.co slash pro i want to talk about video stuff okay uh you do video more than anybody i know i sometimes do video um so the only thing i ask in the show just so you know and i know you're no stranger to this is honesty and transparency I just planned on lying the whole time. I didn't sign up for honesty. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to inflate my numbers so everyone thinks I'm great. But no, yeah. you do have a million subscribers. Three million? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was with you when you hit, when you crossed it. Yeah. It's like at one, it's, I think it's a million 40,000 right now or something like wow. that. You got your, oh, you got your plaque too, right? From I got the plaque. Yeah. It's, it actually happens a lot faster now. Uh. When I hit 100K, it took me until 150K before the little message came up. And I was able to order it. Okay. But this one, it was like three days later, I saw it. You you have to pay for it? No, no, you don't have to oh. pay for it, but the, it'll say, like, a little message pops up in your creator dashboard and says, hey, congratulations, you hit a million, click here to order your plaque, and you just got to put in your address. Oh, okay. And then verify that it says the name correctly. 
So, and you can type in whatever you want. So I could put in like Fuzzy Lumpkins. Thank you. Yeah. A million subscribers. Why did? But yeah, I didn't you, because no. of vanity. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big deal. Yeah. Uh, no. But your your channel is Thomas Frank. Yeah. But your brand is College Info Geek, and they're connected. It's like a yeah. It's a fuzzy line these days. Yeah. Because College Info Geek is the site. Yeah. And it's the name of the podcast, but then the channel is me. And does it say anywhere when you do your videos, you say, no, I oh, never say call unless uh, I'm, unless I'm saying, Hey, I have an article up on my site, college of you can go check that out. Or okay. I talk about the podcast, but the channel is a hundred percent branded around me Yeah, because I want it to bleed into other realms. Like I make a lot of very productivity focused videos mm-hmm. that people who are in their career can use. So I never say like, Oh, this is for college. And the other thing is my audience is many, many high school students many middle school students, many parents of students of all ages. Oh, so, so not just college. I don't want to have the word college in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of pigeonholing yourself. Yes. So Does that mean you were thinking about I'm not going to change the name. Okay. Because the site has a lot of uh, a lot of built-up brand identity over the years. Yeah. And so does the podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to expand my own personal brand and then I'm going to let College Info Geek exist as almost like not a separate business, but it's like, that's my business, and I also do this stuff over here. Yeah. And I may end up developing my personal site into something more in the coming years or months. Yeah. But so, that was, and you, well, you started the video stuff, what, four years ago? Uh, Yeah, 2014. It's like August 2014. It took you four years. Yep. That's like. Just about. Well, three and a half. That's kind of my whole, anytime anybody asks me, like, how long is this shoot going to take? I always say, it's college. It's a college you get yeah. your degree. It takes four years. Yeah, you're getting, yeah, you're, you're school hard knocks. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah, I think, uh, like, comedians, they'll tell you, like, it takes 10 years before you can be a, like, a comedian, like, a famous yeah. comedian. Uh, and then I was, for me, I guess for, like, online business or any sort of business, like, four years before you're, like, some kind of deal. So, I mean. I don't know if that's true. The I mean, definition just, of what a deal is is, is variable. Yeah, and he, is you know, Pat Flynn was making, uh, you know, $10,000 a month probably in his first year. I think, Fuck. but you know, so some people like they scale up really quickly. Yeah. Hockey stick people. But obviously like in a year he wasn't to where, you know, I am now Yeah, in terms of like public presence. Right. Obviously right now he's even bigger. So right. you could get to a full-time income in a year with some combination of luck and hard work and the right market. Do but, you think if you went back and like, now that you've done YouTube for four years, if you go back and do it again, would you do, what would you do differently? Um, and, and do you think you could do it in a year? You think I could get to a million in a year? Well, I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah. So I think it is possible. I've seen people get to a million in a year before. Yeah, PewDiePie. But, you got well, to do games. I don't know if PewDiePie got to a million in a year. Ninja, right? That dude got to a million in a year. I actually literally just heard about Ninja yesterday because I watched. I know about Ninja before you. Yeah. I literally watched. <laughs> I watched the Ask Gary V where he was talking to Professor Broman, who's another Twitch streamer. And they were talking about oh, how Ninja was I thought it was a real person's name. Professor Broman? No. Broman's funny, right? It's a joke. I don't know. Or I mean, I think it's a joke. Okay. <laughs> I hope it's his real name, though. That would be amazing. <laughs> God damn it. No, but they were talking about how uh, Ninja was playing with Drake. And I was like, yeah, well, who's Ninja? Yeah. And so I had to go look it up. That's so. the only reason I know about him, because he was playing with Drake, and it came yeah. up on my YouTube feed. I didn't see that, but... I mean, I don't watch... I've been thinking about Fortnite, I doing think. Some, some Twitch stuff. Why? Because it's... Um, it's all about attention and people stay on Twitch forever and they just like watch forever. 
So what's the yeah? So what's the benefit of doing that though? Like versus like you're already. I mean, you're already doing how many? Like how many? Well, okay. Before you go into the Twitch thing, because like <laughs> here's one of the reasons that I'm doing a podcast and not doing a YouTube channel. One is to me, well, doing a YouTube channel about business is probably boring as shit. Like who's going to you make it unboring? I mean, yeah. Look at um i can think of three examples pat flynn is doing it okay noah kagan's doing it okay and he actually is putting a lot of creativity into his business videos but they're teaching videos they're Sometimes like, they like are. what you do for like productivity and 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 study i would say they're looser so like my channel has a has a format that you can kind of come to expect like i'm going to be in front of the camera usually in my same set i have an editing style mm-hmm Whereas, like with Noah Kagan, for example, he might have a video where he's sitting down teaching something, or he might just have a video where, like, they're just making a joke video where, like, oh, this is my mansion, and yeah, like, making fun those. of other entrepreneurs. But they're they're talking heads, though, right? Some of them are. Um, they're also like putting interviews on there. I think okay. I'm gonna be on his channel like in the next month. Okay. So, I don't know. I think that there are creative ways to do business content. Okay. Most people didn't think there were creative ways to do how to study content three years ago sure and i'm putting like you know memes and anime references and all kinds of whatever i want yeah so you could do whatever you want and i think you should make this podcast a youtube channel as well literally all you gotta do is buy two more cameras and you're good to go but that's an editor yeah okay well i mean that's sort of the problem (laughs) is like shit takes a lot of work get an editor you want to do it? <laughs> I, no, my girlfriend does it for me. Well, I, yeah. I she mean, takes the footage. But you did it for four years. You were doing it. Yes. Well, yeah. okay, not for four years. I started podcasting. I was editing my show like meticulously. You know, Everyone oh, yeah. back in the day was cutting out breaths and cutting out yeah, arms and everything. Yeah. Now, it's actually, I think the video makes the editing easier because when you're on camera, like you can't just cut a bunch of times. It would look so weird. Yeah. You know how we used to cut like every single breath, every single um, every single awe. I've never done that, you, but I know people who have done that. Yeah, and it annoys like, the shit out of me if I it, listen to a podcast like that. If you listen to a podcast where they've done it well, like Hello Internet, yeah. you can't tell they've done it and it sounds great. Yeah. But if that were matched up to video, it would be stuttering all over yeah. the place. It would, it would be, be constant. Yeah, it'd be cut, a lot of cuts. Yeah. So the and I thing, see a lot of YouTubers do that. They'll do talking heads and they're just, it's just like jump yeah, cut after sometimes jump cut. It's I'm like, awful. just take a breath man like yeah. oh, it's okay i can i can wait another like three you know 0.2 seconds for yep. you to you know finish breathing well we talk about that but uh yeah with the video it's more raw yeah and actually the so the only editing that we have to do is anna has to decide which camera to show at what time because we have three cameras right but and in the past we had one camera and there was zero that shit because i don't want i mean like i don't know if i could watch an hour-long video of people it's not even true i'm saying that and last night i i sat up in bed and i watched a homebrewing podcast with just like two guys on skype so yes yeah yeah, you've invalidated your own skepticism uh, immediately fine people will, will watch it some more people listen than who watch but then with the video, we have the opportunity to make little highlights. Yeah. And more people watch our highlights than the hour-long podcast. Yeah. And now we're doing highlights for Instagram. And like 7,500 people watched a highlight that we made that was posted less than 24 hours ago. Yeah. Which is more views than we get on the YouTube channel for a podcast. For the podcast yeah. YouTube channel. Because I was going to say, like you, like, you do a video every week-ish? Uh, ish? It's been like every two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, we're working back to one per week. Literally, after we finish recording this, I'm going to be going through editor applications. I've got like 30 yeah. sitting in a Google spreadsheet, 
And once I've got an editor in place, then we'll be back to a week. It's just that my videos have a lot of editing in them and it yeah. takes me, it will take me like four to five days of straight work to go from topic inception to published video if I'm doing it on my own. Yeah. Just, it just is like that. That's a, that's just a lot of work. Yeah, it is. But, but I, I mean, I guess what, what has it gotten you for all that work? Cause I mean, yeah. it's not just, here's the thing. It's not just for your whole business and for me too. Like I have, I run three brands. You have technically like three, uh, I don't know what I, what I want to call them. Like str- places to live like business wise like you have your you have your website right which is articles and shit yep and then you have the youtube channel mm-hmm. and then you have the podcast like mm-hmm. you're doing like three like media things at the same time so i'm basically doing the same thing as just three different brands yeah right but you're doing but multiple also, media for each one aren't you or at least you you well, want to i want to yeah but right yeah. now it's most like i have three brands that all get weekly articles published on them. yeah i'm not doing any of that work yeah, right so now, you I, wouldn't have to do some of the other work with video. But I'm in it. You're in them all. You're in all of them. Yeah, like you are Anna, in them. Anna edits the podcasts. So now, the moment I'm right, but you. So okay, I started this podcast in 2013 when number one, I didn't have any money. Yeah. Number two, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I was so unwilling to hire people. Right. Because everything had to be me. Otherwise, it couldn't be good, right? Yeah, right. And that's a you know, terrible mindset to have. But it's, I, had it, I yeah, think I had it's it one years. that every entrepreneur has to work through. And it's beneficial for a while because in the beginning, you do not have the money or the business know-how to get a team up and running. Right. So like, you need to be perfectionist. And you need to be a little bit conceited about your own talent. <laughs> but eventually, you're going to learn that, like, okay, no, other people are actually good at things. Otherwise, there will be no TV shows I would ever watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you're not getting TV like people some, to do it. Somebody your... else wrote Arrested Development. You didn't write it. So clearly there are other yeah, people in the right. world who could do this for you. Yeah. And you now have money, presumably, and business acumen. Yeah. You could take this that we're doing right now, you could find an editor, and you could be like, all right, make this into a video version for me. Right, but not who hard. knows if that's going to grow? Like, what you do at your actual channel, where you're publishing now, you say, every two weeks... But those videos are, one, crazy researched, right? Like, you probably spend most of your time on research, I imagine. I would say the majority of the hours actually go into editing. Okay. Well, it really depends on the video. So, like, if I'm doing, like, you know, eight things you should stop doing when you wake up in the morning, yeah, that took 15 minutes to write. But if I'm doing, like, the hydration video, that took me 10 hours of research at least. Yeah. So it really depends on the topic. And the sad thing is the ones that take the least time to write usually do the best. It <laughs> kind of pisses me off. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> well, it's it's like the it's the problem where the more in-depth you get, right, the narrower the audience that's going to appreciate what yeah, you're doing becomes. Yeah. Like I can spend my entire life researching for a textbook on Sumerian mythology and like there's Which like, you should. you know, four people in the world that are going to dig that. But most people are going to be like, I don't care. Right. I want to know about the new Drake song or I want to know about like what I can stop doing to be a lazy pile in the morning. Yeah. Well, that's easy. I want to know how to cure a hangover. Yeah. Stop drinking so much. No, but- morning recovery, man. <laughs> by the way, this podcast is sponsored. No, it's not sponsored. By- sponsored by not drinking. <laughs> yes. Sponsored by water. Drink it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Does drinking water actually help to uh, prevent a hangover? Yes. Okay. Are you serious? You just... Tommy, you wrote a, you did a whole video on hydration. I didn't. I didn't do anything on hangovers. 
And you run a college info geek webs? Come on, man. You know what? I've like <laughs> never done anything. I'm partying, drinking, no, nothing. No, you should. Oh, fuck, you should. I just don't care. Like, yeah. I remember back in the day, um, some some website reached out to me and they were like, hey, we, we sell like beer pong merch and stuff. Yeah, like, you want to partner with us? I'm like, have you checked out my articles yeah. at all? Do you know we, what I do? We have nothing on partying. Yeah. I have been to like one house party in my life. So you, <laughs> so you do, um, so research, so you're saying mostly editing, filming what is a couple hours? Filming Because it's all talking head stuff for the yeah. most part. Well, okay. So it's your A-roll, I the guess. The A-roll takes between a half an hour and an hour. And you're memorizing that shit. No. Oh. Um, it is, so the heavily researched videos are always fully scripted. And then the oh, ones lit. that are really easy. And you write this. I write everything. Okay. Yeah. And then the ones that are really easy are a bullet list usually. Yeah. Um, so with the bullet list ones, it's like I look at the bullet list and I basically ad lib it. Yep. With the fully scripted ones, I look at the iPad that's like to the side of me and then I say the line as many times as I need until I'm satisfied and then I go on to the next one. Okay. And it's kind of like singing, like when you record like yes, vocals. It's like recording vocals. And one thing you mentioned earlier in this podcast is like, oh, I can wait for you to breathe. I know that, and I, I just took a breath right now, and I know it's going to sound fine. Right. And when I podcast for my own show, I can easily take a breath, like a normal conversation. But for some reason, when I'm in front of the camera, <sighs> yeah, I can't pause to take a breath. It's just like, there's like these nerves that come up. Even after four years of this, a line has to be said without a breath. You know, I do that on the phone. Really? I can't, especially when I'm talking about, like, if I'm talking to a sponsor, I'm trying to sell something, mm. I'll talk until I'm out of breath. Yeah, you're, like, like, in <laughs> performance mode. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But I get that. I get that. But it's, and it's hard to sort of pace yourself when you're in front of the camera, too. Like, but, it's uh, so but if hard. You're, but if you're scripting this stuff, and you're not, like, I remember doing, when I did some university videos way back, yeah. I, I did everything on, an, on Evernote. Yep. And because I know the pool, I know pool stuff so well, I was just regurgitating shit I already knew. Yeah. But I would bullet point, like, make sure you hit these bullet points. Mm -hmm. And then I would talk in front of the camera and I would pull up my phone and I would see these bullet points and I'm like, okay, okay. And I, and I basically just ad libbed all the way through it. Yeah. And it was easy because I just, because I knew the information. Yeah. But, now that I'm doing like a course on pool care and I want to make sure I nail it, I don't want to just ad lib and make these because otherwise, if I do, the videos will be like 10 hours long. Yeah. Because I could just bullshit forever. Yep. Um, I want them to be very succinct and, and perfect. And so now it's like now they're scripted by someone else. I didn't write it, but now I had to buy a teleprompter and, and now I'm yeah. reading shit. And, and it's, it's like, it's how it is harder. It's because you're thinking ahead. And you're like picturing the finished product before you even say the lines. Yeah. So the ironic thing is the scripted videos are usually full of jokes or they're full of like well-crafted sentences. Right. They are harder for me to deliver and they usually come off a little less human sounding. Right. They're less authentic. Or, right. Or uh, that's not the word. It's, it is a little less authentic because you are crafting a message in one medium and then trying to translate that to another medium. Whereas if you are ad-libbing something, that's from the heart immediately. Yeah. Like so podcasting. It, yes. It yeah. comes off yeah. immediately. So the sad thing is I can spend 10 hours writing a script, but I know that it's not going to turn out quite as smooth as the videos where I just totally go off the cuff. Yeah. So that's funny because I'm thinking about the... I'm trying to remember the very first video I did for Swim U was 100% scripted. Really? Yeah. It's 20 minutes long, and I wanted it to feel like a television show, like a reality... Uh, not like a reality show, but like a scripted 
sort of good eats type of um yeah you know and so like i had written jokes i had like we actually like practiced the lines um i had all these bits i had i, I had it all planned out it took a full day to record and people like it it's good but it's like oh man that was a pain in the ass i'm not doing that again yep. and then every single video after that was sort of just ad-libbed uh with bullet points and i'm th- but but those videos even if you watch those they're i still i bullet point jokes so oh, I, yeah. I knew like there's there's or or i would do i had like ideas in my head i'm like okay well now i'm gonna go uh there's one bit i remember doing where I was like, okay, now it's time to go brush your pool. And then I would, I knew I was going to say that. And I knew what the editing was going to be since I was doing all the work myself. And I was me, like I, I set the camera up on a tripod and I went around the pool brushing it. But every time I would like brush for a little bit and then stop and just wave to the camera. <laughs> so like you just see me go around the pool, like yeah. jump cuts. But like every time I stop and wave to the camera. I think I've seen this it's one. It's silly. It's stupid. Yeah. But I was like, and I put like funny music behind it. And I'm like, I, I wrote that bit in my head yeah. and put it in a bullet point and yeah. it wasn't like i guess that's scripting i guess in a way right it's it's not as um explicit scripting yeah because you're sort of making up the way the joke is going to come out on the fly right like i mean i'm sure when you do bullet points like you you're like oh that would be funny to say and yeah. i'm gonna say it and i'm and i may or may not add it in the edit right yeah well for the the last video um i didn't have the scripted but i wanted to say something like life is inherently unpredictable sometimes and in the edit, I was like, it would be really funny if the moment I said unpredictable, I was wearing a Batman mask. So <laughs> yeah. I listened to it over and over again and practiced saying it with the exact same intonation, the exact oh, same body funny. language, yeah. and then did it again with the Batman mask on. Right. So like it just pops in and pops out. Nice. Super smoothly. Yeah. But you so, did that. In po- you did that after you had recorded everything. I'd recorded the A roll, and then yeah. So a lot of times the jokes I'll come up with them after the A roll cut is done. Yeah, and I'll watch through and be like, oh, that would be a good visual metaphor right there. And then you go back and re-record. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then sometimes there will be jokes that are just ad libbed. Yeah, ad libbed. Ab- uh, yeah, in the A roll recording. Seven process. minute ad libbed. Mm-hmm. How are we looking on time? All right, good. I don't know. I I, I figure I want to do an hour. Okay, that's pretty much it. That works. Yeah. Yeah. So pro- we have another half. Um. So once you have so a, a, your A roll is your talking head, and you always cut to yes. that, which I think is super easy. I mean, it's nice to have it there because it's, it's like yeah, how much B roll really cuts down on work. Yeah, because I when even with me doing um, so, I'm like filming a course for some university, and I flew to New Jersey and filmed all of this B roll of like mm-hmm. me brushing the pool, and I put like GoPros like on the skimmer so you could see it going in the pool and stuff. Like I have a lot, of, and I have drone shots of like the pool so I could do different animations and stuff. And I thought I would be able to just go in and record like an audio voiceover with a script Mm -hmm. and then do all of the editing with all of this B-roll. And then as I'm sitting there, I start doing it. I'm like, I don't have enough footage. Like, like, what am I going to do? Throw a picture and do like a Ken Burns effect? Like that's so lame. So then I decided, let me just do a talking head. So that way I always have something to cut to if I don't have a visual to show. Mm Mm-hmm. It just makes it easy. I think um, all B-roll, which I guess you wouldn't even call it B-roll at that point, but a video where there is no talking head, that's a skill in itself. And I've noticed a lot of the video game channels I watch, they'll review a game. And I think we're oh, yeah, like and video essays, stuck. like those things, right. like the nerd writer and 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 lessons from a screenplay. Like they're so not in the video. So they'll fill seventy percent of the video with just 
either scenes from the movie that are not being currently talked about yep. or if it's a game review it's just a bunch of footage from the game yep and when you're watching it, it doesn't seem wrong it works yeah but when you're editing you, at least if you're me you get it in your head that anything on the screen needs to match up with what's being talked about right now i i agree yeah that's how i feel so i just i find it so hard to put stuff there that isn't being talked and about it takes forever i think it wouldn't take forever if you could get that skill down Oh, like if okay. you were doing a video game review, I would record myself playing the entire game. Well, that's your A roll. I'd grab that. I would grab the trailer of the game and then I'd just, you know, put a bunch of stuff and then make sure, okay, so these are the points. I need to have relevant, uh, excuse me, relevant footage here and here and here. And then otherwise it can just be cool stuff. Well, I think that's, I think, I think that's different, right? Because it's like, well, if you, if you have, um, video game footage yeah there's a lot of shit going on and yeah. if you have the movie footage there's also a lot of shit going on if you have a picture of a pool it's or a, a still a be, it's, a st- it's a still yeah. moving picture of a pool it's like yeah okay how long am i going to stare at this picture or yeah. how long am i going to stare at just like water glistening over the pool if you, if it's a live footage yeah exactly. or like how many times is he going to show this fucking drone shot cool i'm glad you spent the money to get the drone shot <laughs> but how many times do we need to see it you should just have a bunch of footage of like a rubber duck you just see yeah, it like on the surface of the water. It just yeah. cuts back to Just that. like a guy swimming. Actually, I have seen things like that too. I've yeah. seen YouTube channels where at the time where somebody is talking, it'll just cut back to like a picture of their avatar. And somehow Ugh. it works. If no. if they're entertaining enough right. in their voice, it does work sometimes. Yeah. So I mean I do like but I so that said, I mean I like the talking head thing. That's really easy. Yeah. Uh and it makes it easy in editing too. So uh like and we both of us use Final Cut. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. I don't know why. I said Do you that. use Final Cut? No. Oh, I okay. did. Premiere. Yeah, Premiere. Yeah. That's what I meant. Premiere and After Effects, mm-hmm. which I like so much better. Do you mean the combo of the two? Or yes. Use, well, yeah. first of all, I used before that. I used Motion Five. Yeah. And Final Cut. Final Cut's fine. Whatever. Um, but Premiere is just a lot more flexible. But it is a it, not that if you know one program, you know the other, but it is a steeper learning curve to learn. Is it pr- Premiere? I think I used Final Cut like in 2012 for yeah. a school project. Otherwise, I've never used it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they're the, it's the same concept, timelines yeah. and cuts and stuff. But yeah, multi-layered editing timelines, yeah, right. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So really, it's just what are the keyboard shortcuts I need to learn? How do I do this thing? You know, how do you, I nest? So you do all those? That's you go through the. You have keyboard shortcuts that you use. Oh yeah. Mm. As many as I can. I still don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that a lot. There's there's this guy who edits for Linus Tech Tips. Uh-huh. His name's Taryn, and he has taken macros to the the pinnacle. But that's all this I guy think. does, right? That yeah, he's okay. an editor. He's an editor. Yep. Yeah. But it's crazy to see his. He's got like 14 keyboards on his desk, yeah. and all of them are macro keyboards. So I have this streaming deck from Elgato, and it has programmable buttons, oh, yeah, screens on them. Yeah. So I've got that bound to specific macros and things like that. Does it really speed up your editing time? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it does. If you take the time to learn a keyboard shortcut, it just it speeds so much up. Um, that's the thing, too. Like, I love editing, video editing specifically. Oh, yeah? Do you like it? I like it when I'm doing something new. Yes. But the okay, problem maybe that's is, what, when you're doing something over and over again. Yeah. It's like editing a podcast. Like, exactly. I did that shit for, you know, 250 episodes and like, I was done. I was yeah. like, I'm done. And the problem with making a well produced show is there are a zillion steps yeah. that you have to do over, 
you know, I could again. easily just throw a picture on there and just let it sit on screen, yeah. but that's not high production values. Sure. I have to have, uh, I have to keyframe it down and I have to put an easing curve on the keyframes and I have to give it motion blur and then I have to Ken Burns the <laughs> image itself yep. within that frame. Have I you have ever done, take what, it off have you ever done that effect where the, like you cut out like a person in a photo and then you like the, it's like a yes. 2D, how do you do that? Uh, you, so in After Effects, Number one, you would cut the person out in Photoshop. Okay, you do that. Yep. Okay. So you would have two layers. You'd have the person, and then you'd have the background photo, which still has the person in it. Yep. You could use um, the, what do they call that? It's like a context-aware fill in Photoshop. Uh-huh. So you could cut out the person, and then you could try to do a context-aware fill, and it would try to guess what was behind the person. And it won't be perfect, but it might take the outline of the person away. Yes. So it would be more convincing. Yep. And then you would come into After Effects. You would take both layers. You would turn them into 3D layers. And then you would pull the person forward using the Z-axis a little bit from right. the base layer. In After Effects. In After Effects. Yes. You'd create a virtual camera. Yep. And then from there, you would just move the camera forward. And because the Z-axis is different for each of those layers, you're yep. going to get that parallax effect. Um, there's a channel called Business Casual that works with Standard, the company I work with for mm -hmm. sponsorships. And his latest video, which is about, I think, BMW, is all that. Yeah. Like every image in the video is that effect. Have you watched really cool. Have you watched the show Documentary Now? Mm -mm. I think it's the second season. There's a whole like documentary bit that they do. I think it's two parts. And that's all it is. It's every yeah. single clip is that. There's actually no, there's no footage. It's all oh, images. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really it's it's funny as hell. Yeah, it's a lot of work. There's a video, the first time I ever saw this, I believe it's it's a music video that the Deer Hunter made. Mm -hmm. It might be the one, uh, it's from their fourth album, I think. A Night in the Town. Mm -hmm. I believe it's that. The music video is all that effect. And they're just doing these crazy zooms into photos. And yeah. It looks so cool. cool. Yeah. So I had to figure out how to do it. Yeah. I don't do it often because it's. But you've done it recently. I think I've seen the Elon Musk video. I think you did it once. Mm -mm. Yeah, you did. Don't tell me. I know your videos better than you. <laughs> I don't think I did. No, did I? Maybe, I? I think you did. I mean, you might be thinking of the. There's a Dwight Eisenhower quote where maybe. there's a background and he is he's um, separated from the background, but it isn't a picture of him. It's just a, it's a background. Just a like background, a and then he's doing a hover effect. Oh, so yeah, I like to do that. this little float effect with things in my videos where they're not just static. They're just kind of it, just drifting a little bit. Just a little more dynamic add, quality. Yeah, motion and some sort of energy to yes. watching. Okay. Everything should have energy to it. Yeah. So then when you, when you publish it, well, I mean, once you're done editing it, does it take forever to render? Not with my computer. Because oh, okay. I have upgraded that computer to the... Well, not to the max. You could yeah. go so much higher, but... I've got 64 gigs of RAM and a 1080 Ti, so it how many, renders pretty fast. How many hours do you think it takes to do one video, like total, for to, like from concept for from like starting the research to uploading it? So it really depends on number one the topic and how much research it involves. Yeah, like I said, the hydration video took 10 straight hours of research. It's fucking crazy to do correctly, whereas the eight things you should stop doing when you wake up took 15 minutes to write because you know it. Because, yeah, just know it. Yeah. Stop hitting the snooze button. <laughs> right. Stop, you know, checking your social media every yeah, single day. Like, yeah. you know these things. I think people need a reminder sometimes. Sure. So that's a variable. Um, filming. So this is another variable. A lot of times with the really easily scripted videos, I can do them the first take easily. 
with the really scripted videos, many times I'll record the first take and it takes me way longer because I'm trying to perform these pre-written lines and they sound bad. Yeah. And I'll get to the point where I cannot say the words. I'll just keep screwing it up, mush mouthing, mumbling, (laughs) and I'll get so frustrated that I'll stop and I'll come back the next day and do it again. Oh, And it's always better. Okay. You know, just like a practice run is always better. Yeah. So filming could take anywhere between a half an hour to two hours total. Right. And then editing, typically it will take me a full work day to do the A-roll cut and then gathering all the B-roll and getting the B-roll that goes into premiere placed. So anything filmed. Okay. And then what has happened in like the past few videos is that will be a Friday when the video was actually due and I won't get it done. So I'll wake up at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning and spend an additional three or four hours in the After Effects stage and then get it live by noon, usually. So, I mean, so technically, <laughs> with if I calculate all the hours, it should only take you three days to make a video. Yes, if it's a, not a research-heavy video, it would take me about three days of work. Well, even with the hydrations, 10 hours for the research, two hours to film it, one yeah, full day you, of editing. and, you know and that <laughs> 10 hours is not 10 straight hours. You I know, don't it's, know. It's 10 hours of work plus yeah. the breaks in between plus whatever else. If you're a wimp. If I'm a wimp, yes. Maybe I'm a little bit of a wimp. All right, four days. I'll give you an extra day. <laughs> sometimes four days, sometimes five. And do you take yeah. off weekends? Um, I'm not very good at being consistent on either yeah. end of that. Same. Sometimes. I mean, it's been kind of a pattern that I wake up at 6 or 5 a.m. and I edit the video and finish it on a Saturday. That's Why do you do is, that to yourself? I do it to myself because yeah, like what is when who, I'm planning the video, I think, all right, I'm going to make this one easy. I'm not going to overbear myself with B-roll. And then I get into the editing stage and I cannot help myself. I keep having ideas and then I'll right. get my giant list of B-roll. And I know it's going to take a long time, but I just, I'm like, I can't let that go. I need to have it. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's perfectionism, right? Huh? That's perfectionism. Yes, it's perfectionism, but it's but, also just creativity happens at each step of the process. Yeah, you think of something and you want to add it and you're like, fuck, I'm doing this. Yep. Um, but why do you, who cares? Like who cares if you get it out Friday or Saturday or Monday? Uh, I mean, there's deadlines for sponsors. Oh, but they, so the way that we work with sponsors is like, there's a day that it's planned to go out. And if it goes out three days after that, that's fine. But if it's getting longer than that, that's when it's a little bit of a problem. Mm. And yeah. I know they had creators that would, they'd have a deadline, but they would extend it by two weeks sometimes. So that's why they put in the three day rule. Typically, What's a three-day rule? like it's whatever day they have decided it's going to go live, it yeah. should go live within three business days of that day. Oh, so typically so they give you a, like a little bit of a buffer. Yeah, my my days are period. always Fridays, and I almost always get it out on a Saturday. Why Friday? Did you that's pick? just the day that I've chosen. Uh, yeah, it's not like a better day to post or anything for you. Um, I don't know because I often go live on a Saturday. Right. <laughs> At like six in the morning. I've been told that weekends can be good for non-educational channels, but okay. I think that the day you post is a it's a low correlation factor to the yeah. success of the video. The main success factors are title, thumbnail, and then how long people watch. Right. Which is a factor of how good it is and how long you can keep their attention. What's the average amount of people that were watching the video when you first publish it? Mm, what do you mean first publish it? I don't know. Like, like when in you, the first hour or something? Yeah. Like, or not, the, no, like the first day maybe? Like are you getting like, is, you really have, out of the million subscribers, right, what do you get, like uh, 250,000 no, views? No, oh. no, A really good video in 24 hours, like top end, would get 60,000 in the first day. Okay. 
um, a normal video, maybe thirty to 40,000. Wow, really? Yeah, and my videos in particular are very dependent on topic. So I did a video on how to do better on essay questions, which I thought would be really good, and it did so bad. Yeah. It's like at 35,000 views, <laughs> and it's been out for a month. Wow, and really? The videos flanking it each have over 300,000. But is that because... That's not because of your subscriber base, right? That's like... If if people aren't searching for it in the, the in YouTube, because YouTube is like a huge search engine, right? So it is, but it's also a big recommendation engine. And uh, you have to realize that the recommendation engine is more important than the search engine, especially at first. Really? Most of your views come from the browsing features where YouTube will recommend content. So that's the other... That's like what's crazy about it is... I, like, all right. Well, I want to talk about sponsors and money. Okay. Because the show is called Money Lab. It's not called View Lab? <laughs> not called View Lab or <laughs> Make Shit Lab. Uh, Product Lab was another idea I had before we started Money Lab. But, um, well, I, like, I, I talked about this. I, I said this on Twitter. And uh, I got a lot of shit because I was trying to sort of, like, saying, why can't a channel, in your opinion, I guess, it, like, I want to take, and I wanted to do with, do this with my coffee brand. So with Roasty, I wanted to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and film 12 videos, like a season, if I, if you will. Yeah. I'm going to bulk upload all of them at the same time, and I'm going to rely on the uh, YouTube search engine for people looking to, like, how to make a French press, how to make AeroPress, all these different, you know, terms or whatever. And that would be what I did once a year, twice a year, maybe. Yeah. Why can't I grow a channel that way? Because everyone was like, no, you need to post consistently, man. Like, <laughs> Look, those sounds, while like, pathetic, are, are well-placed. Well, so, that, <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> well, I can't – Netflix puts out one season of a show, and they continue to have success. Different. How? Different algorithms for different platforms. How? So, all right, you have to think of this in different uh, contexts. Netflix – if you think of what what is a unit, it's a recommendation engine. What is a unit of content on Netflix? A season of it's sh a show. Yeah. Okay. Right? Fine. On YouTube, a unit of content is a single video. Oh, it's not a channel. It's different. Exactly. It's a single video. Now, YouTube's algorithm is working to build channels, but you have to always remember the unit that you live and die by is the video. Whereas on Netflix, the unit they live and die by is the quality of the show they put out. You don't Fine. think, man, I really liked that one episode of Daredevil. You think, I really liked Daredevil, or I didn't like Daredevil, whatever it is. Sure. Iron Fist wasn't as good. It's yeah, a show. Right. It's the unit. It's really um, bad, actually. So YouTube has a huge recency bias with the recommendation engines. Uh -huh. Sometimes it'll pick up an old video if it's you know well-timed for, like, it's a Christmas video or something sure. like that. But the majority of the videos you're going to be seeing recommended on YouTube are always very new. So if you upload 12 videos, put them all live at once, you are essentially using YouTube as a hosting service. Yeah. And you are stifling the potential of that content to be organically recommended by YouTube. Well, Also, I mean, your audience can't consume it all at once. Nobody in your audience is going to see you upload 12 videos and watch them all. So no one video is going to get enough initial watch time from your audience that you have now for the algorithm to be like, oh, that video is doing well, and push it out. Yeah, but what if you're Swim University and you are like i i posted um that maybe have like 20 or 30 videos maybe even more than that and like i still get subscribers i mean i'm not yeah. getting like a shitload but i have over ten i i'm not saying that 
doing it the way you are proposing to do it will do nothing for your channel and it yeah will be i mean i get like i have like stagnant. huge views on these videos because people search for like how to get rid of algae and in, in, yeah. in youtube and they but yeah so my... youtube is also a search engine okay so like i said you could treat youtube as a hosting platform that also has a search engine which is you how i rely entirely yeah. on search yep but if you do that you are denying yourself the potential benefits of the algorithm and all of the suggestion features which are arguably much more powerful I got you. So why even get views? Who cares? <laughs> because views are attention, and you can use attention to, to put people into funnels. Or, I mean, obviously, like your initial goal is to do something for your audience, right? You want to help your audience have better swimming pools. Sure. Well, <laughs> if you have a bigger audience, you have more people with clean, sparkling pools that they're enjoying. Right. But from a business sense, since this is Money Lab, the more people at the top of the funnel the more filter down into your funnel. Sure. Business is entirely the number of people at each stage of the funnel and the conversion rate to the next stage of the funnel. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. So if you get 20,000 views here instead of 10,000, then your 5% conversion rate to the next level is now double the num number of people. Yeah. So if you're sense. trying to make money, you can double your money by sure. doubling your audience. So how do you double your money? Uh, I typically make money through sponsors on the videos. But I don't sell is, How recent is that? Because I remember... You, I remember a day where you were afraid to put uh, AdSense on the video, like where you can monetize videos like within yeah. the platform. I remember, uh, I think it was Andrew who gave you a bunch of shit for like not doing it. It wasn't Andrew, it was my friend Sean. Oh. My friend Sean Davis. Oh, yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so when I started my YouTube channel, because I came from blogging, yeah. my thought was, I, I thought about funnels before I ever thought about YouTube. Whereas most people come to YouTube and they don't know about business. Right. I was like, okay, YouTube is a way to get people back to my website where they can right. then click on affiliate links and things like that. So if I use AdSense, I'm going to lessen the conversion rate of people getting to the end of my video, clicking on the CTAs, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then Sean told me, look, when people see an ad on YouTube, they don't think Thomas Frank put an ad in front of his video. They think YouTube, YouTube gave that. me an ad. Yeah. I'm just going to watch it or I'll skip it, whatever. Yeah. So I just turned on ads. I think I didn't have AdSense until I had 100,000 subscribers. And then you turned on so, AdSense. And I turned on AdSense, and I've had it ever since. What was the first check you got? Because you had over 100,000 subscribers. I don't know. Like 1,000 bucks? It might have been like less than that, probably. Oh, okay. I have no idea. Do you still use it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So the way that I work, I work with a company called Standard Broadcast. And they yeah. are the one that, they are the one that uh, pairs me with sponsors. And they have learned well, right. that... If you put AdSense on a video, then the sponsor conversion goes down. Like data correlation. You put if you put AdSense, okay, right. So sense. basically, their rule is I can't have AdSense on a video for thirty days mm -hmm. if it's sponsored, and then after thirty days, I can put it back on. And oh. and, you still, I, and you I, got paid for that. From I that gladly sponsor. do that because sure. the sponsor pays way more than AdSense would ever pay. What's way more? I mean, I'm I don't know if I should put like exact numbers out there, but average all right fine but i well, need like, an give me an average okay so i think i looked at my, my top video ever when i looked like this was a few months ago but uh it had over two million views and it had made a total of two thousand dollars on adsense total total that's a lot of views that's, that's two million views. views yeah that's a lot of views yeah whereas like i could make double that on a normal video with a sponsor or more but without without two million views yeah just because you have a million subscribers though it's not, no, the subscriber number is actually irrelevant. Oh. In fact, the number of subscribers on YouTube has two 
two and only two um, functions at this point. It gives you a bigger initial pool of viewers for your, any video you publish. When, a vid- yeah, when you put a video up. Yep. So, but then the algorithm will take the data on their watch time, their behavior afterwards, all kinds of stuff, and it will use that to decide how heavily to push the video both to the rest of your viewer base, yeah. just like Facebook does, and to people who are not your viewers. So if I have a million subscribers, I'm not getting a million views on a video. You know, my initial pool might be 50,000. And then if they, you know, if they stick around and watch the whole thing, then it might, you know, go viral or it might just be relegated to the dustbin. Yeah. So what I mean, what do you use now as a, like a metric for growth, I guess? Like, what do you use? I mean, views per video? For me, it's views. Per video. Um... Or overall views in like your analytics. For shit. me, it's I it, it is a per video thing because I'm a, like kind of an artist and I want to see a high number of views per video. Yeah. But honestly, like from a business success standpoint, it's total views. And if you look at friends of mine like Evan Carmichael or Antonio Centeno, who does a lot of real men real style, mm-hmm. he's putting out like three or four videos a week, and his videos will get maybe fifteen thousand to fifty thousand views on average, whereas mine will get in the hundreds of thousands. But he's putting out multiple per week. So if you look on Social Blade at his total views for the month, it's much higher than mine. So he's oh. getting more views, more people looking at his sponsors. Does that, does that mean he could command more money for, from sponsors? Well, so with sponsors, if you have not worked with a sponsor before, yeah. then the only data they have to go on is your view numbers. And at that point, they are going to charge based on a CPM model, right? <sighs> Well, how much is a C? What's their number per CPM? Like twenty bucks? It totally depends on the sponsor. I hate you know, that answer. It could be, yeah, it could be twenty dollars. It could be ten dollars. It could be three dollars. Yeah. Um, once you get to know a sponsor and they've worked with you for a while, sure. then what matters is the conversion rate, the almighty oh, right. conversion rate, and for, then, from for them. Yeah. Right. So there's a click rate yeah. on the sponsor link, and then there's also, I mean, at the end of the day, it is cost per acquisition. Right, and then if you really want to get into the business side of it, is cost per acquisition, and how does that compare to lifetime value per customer? Huh. What are we paying to acquire a customer? How much money do we make over the life of that customer? Um, time value of money calculation to figure out the difference, and there you go. There's your number. Yeah. So you know, again, I can't like talk about every single detailed number. One, because most sponsors don't share it, and two, because I probably shouldn't share the numbers that are shared with me. Sure, but. Um, the sponsors we work with have a cost per acquisition number for every creator they work with. So that means that if my cost per acquisition is super low, I should be charging more. And right. when you know my company goes and says, all right, well, if you want to re-up, then it's going to be more money. Then they will happily say, okay, yeah, because the cost per acquisition was so low. Yeah, Most not? companies have a cost per acquisition target. Yeah. And if your channel or whatever marketing channel they're using is below that, then everything's awesome. They're going to spend as much money as they can on that channel. And then the channels that are underperforming, the cost per acquisition is higher. They're going to kill those channels. Right. Or pay less. So that's like, if I were to get a sponsor for some university, like I couldn't because no one's going to talk to me. Right. Because I don't have enough. I mean, you could talk to them but like, yeah well, if, for some like if you don't have many views no one's going to be coming and knocking down your door well like, even like what's like so standard is like kind of like your ad network right it's like your ad sort of yeah. or your yeah they like kind of sell ads for you right yes it's like i can't go to standard and be like hey i have this pool channel sell ads for me yeah they won't yeah they'll be like so they're looking for people that are getting 
like 50,000 views per video minimum and with it, with evidence of growing from there. Okay. You know, just because it takes time to put together these deals and the commission yeah. they would make on a really small channel would be low. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But so, I don't know. Like, But sponsors aren't the only method out there. Well, and sure. They, well, I mean, there are many business. people out there using YouTube as a way to get people back to their own business. Sure. And... You know, Gary Vaynerchuk has no sponsors on his YouTube channel. Yeah, well, how does... Uh, well, yeah, where's he making money from? Well, okay, Gary Vaynerchuk makes money, number Speaking. one, VaynerMedia. Right. Like, Gary Vaynerchuk's whole whole thing is make himself more famous so and get make himself famous in a way that is showing his marketing savvy because the more he does that, the more businesses are going to go to him as the guru. Right. And they're going to put him towards... Or they're going to point them towards VaynerMedia. Sure. Um, I signed up for his little first in line thing. So he's doing like, he's experimenting with text message marketing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the first two I got, number one, he's, he's releasing a new sneaker. So like now we have entrepreneurs releasing their own sneakers, which is interesting. But the second one was, Hey, if you have a business doing more than 2 million in revenue, I made a video for you. And he's got this program called Vayner mentors. That's like for 2 million plus revenue businesses. Uh, I'm not there yet. So it wasn't relevant to me, Sure, but clearly He's building this audience, and the bigger the audience is, the wider net you cast. Most people are going to be people who do not have money. Sure. But you're still providing value to them. And then a small percentage, you're going to get those high rollers, and if you have something set up for them, they're going to fall into that funnel, and there you go. Yeah. There's a huge revenue driver. That's exactly how Tony Robbins operates. He's not making most of his money off of like a $6 how to walk on Kohl's ebook or whatever. What? Or, I just bought that. <laughs> no, like that gets you into level one of the funnel and then maybe some people are going to trickle down to level two. Yeah. Eventually they get down to level five, which is a $20,000 two day mastermind dinner with Tony himself. And there's like 15 people there and boom, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars of income. I think we're going to do that. Just come over and have dinner with me and I'll charge you $10,000. Yeah. 10, that sounds about right. Maybe 15,000. Okay. I could probably swing that. I'll cook. You know what I mean? As long as you're cooking. Yeah. Yeah. S- Chef Boyardee. Chef <laughs> <laughs> Boyardee. No foie gras? No. Boyardee. Yeah. $15,000. You're going to get what you pay for, okay? Exactly. This is two cans of beefaroni, my friends. That's a deal that I can't turn down. You can't. I mean, it's... Exactly. Where can you... I mean, beefaroni. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, a good example of you know monetization of your own products, my friend Charlie runs a channel called Charisma on Command. And they are, they sometimes do sponsorships, but for the most part, they're just getting people back to their email list, and they sell a course. Mm. And it's like like, six, I, like I did six hundred dollar course. Oh, so they oh make my. a lot of money off that. Sure, you know, and because it's them, I would imagine um, that their conversion rates on their own products would be higher than a conversion rate on a sponsorship because it's your thing. Do you? I mean, do you think like I'm thinking about it now? Like, I bet you. I'm thinking of Gary Vaynerchuk. Like his shit isn't really that produced. Like his no. YouTube videos kind of he doesn't care. I mean, even when he did like the wine videos, they were like him just bullshitting in, on a single camera. Yep. But they were what people wanted. <sighs> I can't believe that. Like I always put you put so much energy into your shit, and I put a lot of energy in my stuff. And it's like somebody like that can just go out and talk. Yeah. And ugh. I don't know. You you always have to keep this in mind, though. The amount of effort you put into the thing, the amount of polish you put into the thing, that has no correlation to how the market's going to respond to it. 
the everything comes down to is this what the market wants? So uh, you, and the market wants that- a dude who knows his shit about wine to tell me if I've got ten dollars for wine, what should I buy that's not going to taste horrible? I mean, you know, sh- sure. I, I think about it in it doesn't really work for me in entrepreneur space as a person. If I watch somebody, I can't watch Gary Vaynerchuk stuff. It's too. It's too. Really? Yeah. It's well. First I actually of all, love Gary. Well, I used to, and I'm not like I just don't like how like. I just like I don't like watching what's his face Casey Neistat. Oh, Casey? No, just I also like, love Casey. Yeah, it's just like come on, man. Just... <laughs> I think He's I have like I have the personality to be really fired up by that kind of stuff. But I, I know a lot of people who are turned off by their excessive like Type A super. Uh, it's like super positive, but also super in your face attitude. The super positive shit needs to go. I just <laughs> it drives me nuts. But like, I'm fine with it because if I I can just turn it off and I can go yeah, watch cynical shit if I want to. I feel like that's like maybe that's what it is. The East Coaster. I'm like, dude. <laughs> anyway, but like the the idea that like somebody could just put up a camera and make a really shitty vlog. Like I hate vlogs. I just hate them. Really? Yeah, because and that's why like I stopped doing it on Money Lab because I'm like, oh, I'm basically making a vlog. Mm. It takes me two seconds to sit down and blab at a camera. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't put any effort into this whatsoever. I'm just saying shit to a camera. Yep, and the camera just shut off as we, <laughs> as I said that. <laughs> but I just hate the fact that I like. I feel like if I put any effort into it, any effort into anything that I make. It doesn't really. Nah, it's dead. Whatever. Um, then it doesn't. It doesn't really correlate to more views or anything. So I don't know. It doesn't always. Yeah. I I think that more effort put in does correlate to more views to a degree. Yeah. But you actually I have a friend who does this. Uh, he'll spend hours and hours and hours trying to get like the, you know, one percent opacity grain layer on mm-hmm. a quote animation that's going to be on screen for five seconds to yeah. be just the perfect. And, you know, that's like 10 hours of work, maybe. Nobody cares. So care. you always have to remember. Yeah. And, you know, I guess at the end of the day, it's what, you're, what are your goals? What you, yeah. What do you want to make? If you really want to put out something that is the pinnacle of your artistic vision, then do it. Yeah. And but don't expect who that, cares that what the audience, is... uh, you know, how the audience responds because right. you're putting out your art. Right. This is the thing that I always hesitate to, you know, go one way or the other on because some people out there, they just want to make art. And they're going to do what they want to do. And I'm like, okay, execute your vision. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just don't let your perfectionism keep you from publishing because you will get better as you publish. But if you want to see business results, then you have to realize there are some things you're spending time on that you shouldn't be spending time yeah, on. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's why I'm deciding to go with a podcast over a video channel, specifically for Money Lab, because yeah. I it's very it's it's so easy for me to just talk. Yeah. To friends and shit or just to myself. I could just talk into this microphone for an hour mm-hmm. by myself. Uh, I'm not going to do that. But I think you should have video. I will think about it. <laughs> I, it's just if I'm doing video, it's I can't do like just this video alone. It, it's I'm not going to have fun doing that because it's I need it to be like I you just got to give it to someone. Well, every well, no, because I want if I'm going to do video, I want people to go oh shit that was dope like i like i loved mm. that with a podcast i don't care because it's consistent it's like i don't listen to a podcast and go like that was the most amazing podcast episode i ever heard what it's- you got to do is you got to you got to shift your thinking and you got to think of the video for the podcast as the video podcast so you right. got to think of it as it's just it's a consistent thing yeah. right it's the same thing with my youtube channel my podcast channel we yeah you know editing for the video and i don't care well isn't it i think for me the podcast 
it's going to be, let me do it first, get a couple of episodes under my, under my belt. Yeah. Let me see if people actually like it and the format and all these things. And obviously, like, I've done this before. So as far as, like, continuing to, to publish and getting better, like, I'm, more, I'm starting at a good point. Right. Um, I will continue to get better. The show will change and evolve, like, just like the first show that I did and the, the first show before that that I did evolved. Yeah. But I may not do video right away because... With I don't know. What if no one likes it? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to spend all this time editing because I have to do everything myself right now. Like I, yes, can afford to hire somebody, but my business isn't like specifically Money Lab itself isn't bringing in. It maybe makes 500 bucks a month. Yeah, it's not bringing in a ton of money where I could go. Okay, here I'm going to hire somebody even part time to edit these videos for me and edit this show yeah. for me. The the audio version. Like I have to bootstrap this. Like I did with all my other sites. Yeah. Just because I have the money doesn't mean it makes sense for me to put that money that I make onto my other stuff onto this thing. Mm-hmm. Because who knows? I will, but. Well, I guess here's one question for you. Uh, given that context, are you planning on listening through this entire episode before it goes live? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. So I never that, did with Listen Money Matters. That was the question, because if you were already going to do it, then it's very easy to just, in real time, switch camera angles. Yeah, no, I'm not, yeah. That's what Anna does. She listens to the episode in real time, maybe takes notes for oh, excerpts. Uh, oh, but fr- just no, absolutely not. Pushing buttons to switch angles, that's it. Yeah, I mean, again, when I get to a point where it makes sense, because yeah. the podcast is actually helping to grow the audience, to make money, we're making consistent money at Money Lab. Um, if that even happens, it may not. And if it doesn't happen, that's fine. I can continue to do this as a fun thing for me and as a way to connect with, you know, the people that I already know a little bit more, uh, and like, you know, got you to come to Boulder today, you know? Yeah. It's not, I mean, I don't come to Denver very often. You don't come to Boulder very often, but, but it's like, okay, well, you know, gives me a reason to kind of do it and talk. So yeah, we'll see what happens, but I just wonder like, how do you, so what I always wonder about is how do people promote an audio-only podcast when they don't have a huge audience? I plan on not promoting. <laughs> I plan on... So, okay, so that's the question. Like, if you're not going to promote it, how does it grow, and how does it eventually get to the point where it is growing your well, audience? Well, you know this from Listen Money Matters. I mean, I can tell you. You know how it Listen works. Money Matters grew in a different time. Uh, but it's still growing. It's still growing, but it's because the flywheel is going, right? Shh. It's got a big enough audience, but the thing is, so 2013, 2014, yeah. you could make a podcast from scratch, and it would be a new and noteworthy for eight weeks on iTunes. Yes, that's That bullshit. was like the we thing. Didn't, we didn't have that. Maybe you didn't have it. I did have it for eight weeks. I mean, it didn't do a ton for me, mm-hmm. uh, but now that's not even a thing. No. So if you are starting from like square one, and I think you're a little bit beyond that because you have a bit of a social following and things like that. A little, yeah. But it's not huge. No. You, you're just putting out, like, if you put an hour of audio and that's all you do, how do you make that grow? Which is what I've been thinking about because my YouTube channel for the podcast is, I feel like that's growing more consistently than the audio listenership. Right, well, because and I YouTube think that has a, a, an algorithm built it's in. It's got an algorithm. Yeah. But if is, I want to take advantage of that, I have to do video. I, and I think my Instagram could grow even faster. But to do that, I have to pull excerpts out and I have to make, sure. like, little punchy videos. Yeah. So I've just been thinking, like, what's the format that people are actually going to get hooked on? It's not I, an hour-long audio show. No, I, I, I thought a lot about this because I wrote it. I wrote in a whole article on this because of Listen Money Matters. Yeah, it was a different time, but when I left, it not I didn't it didn't stop growing. Like yeah. it continued to grow regardless of the flywheel effect. Uh, I think that 
podcasts grow from word of mouth. And that's Absolutely. The, that, all of it. I yeah, mean, it is. iTunes, to be honest, like, I, so I listen to a handful of podcasts, Harmontown, which I found out through a, a, a documentary they made. Okay. Um, so you found out from video? Fuck yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Netflix or whatever. Um, and what is Dan Harmon most well known for? Yeah. TV shows. Yeah. Community, Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to Comedy Bang Bang. Okay. That was, I think, recommended to me. Uh, Brewlosophy, which is a brewing podcast, which was. Um, I read their website, so they made yeah. a podcast. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. It was really well done. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is great. Uh, and he listened to another homebrewing podcast that that uh, I found through iTunes, I yeah. think. Uh, and it started out as a uh, – I listened to that, and then they have a video version too, so I started watching that. Um, but but I remember when I was at List of Money Matters, everyone's like, well, we tell – everybody who listens like is a, such a fan that they tell other people and yeah. they become fans. And that's how Money Lab has grown, the website. Money Lab yeah, is absolutely. zero SEO, zero traffic. It's pretty much you or somebody else who like saw something telling somebody else about it. Yeah. And it's like mo- if you look at my traffic, all of it comes from Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it's like – I don't post on Facebook. So where how is that happening? It's because people are recommending it. Yeah. And and I think the same thing with podcasts. Like if you have a good podcast, like you've mentioned Hello Internet to me a billion times. Yep. I'm eventually gonna probably it's listen good to it. Good podcast. Right. So it's you bring it up quite a bit. You know, you're like, or or I'm in the car with you and you're listening to it, or you know, whatever. I, I that's how I think I mean, how did serial spread? Wasn't it? Wasn't it like it's spread? It, it was, was probably word of mouth, and it was very, very good. It was very, very good. Yeah, and that's it. It just needs to be good. So yeah, obviously you have to make a good podcast. Right. I'm just thinking about same with video. The idea that well, well no, I don't one, even know about video. So that's my that's my point. Is like videos are shitty. Podcasts that are shitty don't really make it. Are you saying that videos that are shitty do make it? Yeah, I don't think so. Vlogs that, make it. Yeah, they're but, all okay. shitty. They're not, no, they're not. <laughs> they're really not. I think they are. You okay? If you tried to make a Casey Neistat quality vlog, it would take you probably all day, and you would realize, oh shit, there's a actually a lot that goes into this. I see so many people about, trying that. Yeah, and they don't do it well, and that's why they're vlogs. There's a zillion people out there doing vlogs, trying to be Casey Neistat. Also, and they don't have his life. Up. They don't have his life, but they also don't do the same kind of thing. Yeah. If you want to see somebody who doesn't have Casey's life do something very interesting, go watch Jack Conti's video that he he I made saw it. to get Casey's attention. I saw that. It was He's really just good. in his music studio, just like filming like a Bluetooth keyboard, but he does it in such a creative way. And then I thought the follow up he did to like the after meeting video he yes. did was even more creative. He literally like punches out a window sized hole in a piece of uh, white you know cardboard, and he puts a bunch of fluff like cotton fluff behind it and then lights it just to fake airplane b-roll right but it like shows himself building the whole thing and it's so creative but you know where he's from though he's patreon is pomplamoose he has all the creativity right right. but you can't say that vlogs as a format are shitty you can say that everyone is looking at these creators who have put a ton of time and effort into it and that's why they're getting well hold on i don't know and they're trying to like you know, film themselves putting a dollar bill into a vending machine and they'll think they're going to get the same audience sure. just because they're vlogging. Well, I don't think you what know? Jack Conti did was vlogging. He had that scripted like all hell. Absolutely, but yeah. it was still showing something It was like life. what you do. You know, it, it, it was not like what I do because I'm, I'm presenting something. Jack was telling a story. But he was, but um, but you, meaning like you, you plan it before you do it. Vlog is just like, it's, most people don't plan it. They just like they throw on their camera. It, 
Yes, but if you watch somebody like Casey, no, he's not planning it. What about but he's Peter still, McKinnon? Like Peter McKinnon is a great example as well. Peter is not necessarily planning what's going to happen in the day. Though mm-hmm. I would say Peter's a little different because he's he's like mixing a vlog with educational content. Yeah, I still don't like it though. I don't. I like his content where he like where he it. educates, but I don't like his vlog content. So you just might not like vlogs. Yeah, but it doesn't just because it's not for you doesn't mean it's a low quality format. Oh, and just no, no, because that's what it does mean. You know, just because <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk has uh, you know a stupid white border above his video with like horrible font or whatever, and it's just him with his iPhone face camera. Yeah, and he's on a plane. Yes, that the, the technical trappings of that video maybe not be as high quality as you in a studio with lighting and plans. Right, right. but if the message resonates with people, then it's done its job and he's already got their attention because he's worked hard enough to gain the audience. Sure. So I think it's like, you have to put a lot of production value into your stuff when you're unknown because it, that's the hook, right? Gary himself is already the hook. So now he can just put, yeah. And out. he is entertaining as a human person. Exactly. Like he yeah. doesn't even have to try and he's entertaining. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the tech stuff and yeah. they, they don't think about whether or not the Their, content is entertaining. Like, or like whether the they should even was, be on Exactly. Yeah. I spent so much time on the color grading and I edited it. It's like, yeah, you were so boring and yeah. you didn't say anything of substance. Yeah. You know, and you can argue all day that Gary's saying nothing of substance, but a lot of people are motivated by no, it. No, and I don't, I don't, I would not say that. Yeah. Um, he certainly repeats himself a lot, but I, sure. I think that people need, need repetition that. yeah, in true. their lives. How many times have you been told to get up early and then you still sleep in? Like, you nope, know? once. <laughs> Only one nailed time it. ever. I've <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> they were like, lose weight. I'm like, done. Got I'll be, it. I'll drop 50 pounds tomorrow. Never heard that before, but now that I've heard it, all right. Yeah. You know? Um, so this is going on long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many fucking, oh. well, hour and 10 minutes. Um, but that's it. Cool. How was that? It was fun. Yeah? Yeah. You fucking with me? <laughs> yeah, it was horrible, actually. <laughs> Burn <laughs> I'm it. just kidding. It sucked. Burn it and all of the equipment that was used to record it. We've tainted well, the microphones. Well, no. <laughs> Don't burn my mic. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I, I thanks, yeah. by the way, for doing this. I um, like this. There's like no there's no plan. So it's just whatever you get. I, I literally, I have my intro yeah. scripted. I have my outro scripted. I don't have the middle. It says in brackets. You can see it right here. Talk to guest. Talk to. There you go. Yeah. I, well, because so with this, I don't, and I don't want to take too long with this, but I'm not talking to people I don't know. That's bottom line. Because I don't have rapport with them. So I'm like, oh, then yeah. it's, I mean, this kind of turned into a little bit of an interview, but, but it's because I wanted to talk about video. You have more experience in video than I do. Yeah. I do have experience in video, but not nearly the amount of hours that you've put into it. And obviously like. And in a different way. In a different way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I know you, so I can doesn't you know take your time or yeah. whatever with it. Uh, so again, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Yeah, this is gonna be the first episode. Sweet, Lisa sounds good. Maiden voyage. Maiden voyage. Uh, if you have any questions or topics uh, you'd like us or me to discuss on the show, uh, you can email me at matt at moneylab dot co. Uh, yeah. you guys still do that. Listen, money matters. It's like it's the emails out of control. Uh, I have never once even seen the email inbox, and Andrew has like, it all piped into intercom. intercom yeah. So anyway, I, mean, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, look, this is kind of an open-ended show. I want you guys to be involved. So, if you have any questions, or if you, I mean, questions, I try not to answer because I don't want to be an advice giver. Yeah. Uh, but if you have topics that you want, like to discuss, maybe I know somebody that will we'll give some you shit. fodder for. Yeah. You know, things to ask, or maybe you're like, oh, somebody wants to know about this. Okay, yeah. well, 
Sean Ogle is the person that I want to totally. Ask about this. Yeah. So so uh, email me Matt at MoneyLab.co. And uh, feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion <laughs> in your email. I'm open to trying new uh, middle names out. Maybe I'll even get it legally changed. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I think Jason's already done that. He, his last name. He's his last name. That's his gimmick, though. That's his You're gimmick. the middle name guy. Yeah. Oh, God, I would love to change my last name. Do it. Ugh. So much work. <laughs> it does sound like a lot of work. Although I know someone who's done it, so I can just ask him, like, you do it. I'll pay you. <laughs> Do it. My mom really wanted me to change my middle name when I got old enough. What's your middle name? It's Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to name my middle name after my great-grandfather, but they were in the delivery room, and they couldn't remember if John was short for Jonathan or if it was actually John, Oh, and they couldn't get a hold of him, so they guessed it was short for Jonathan, and they put down Jonathan. They were wrong. What is it? Just John? It's just John. Oh, wow. So my mom was like, when you're 18, I want you to go change your middle name to John, and uh, I, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> is it Jonathan with an H? Yes. Is there an H in it? Okay. Yes. Um, mine's Stephen, but with a Stephen Colbert spelling. Oh, like Stefan kind of? Stefan, yeah. Yep. Uh, I had a friend in high school who was named Stefan and went by Stefan yeah. with that spelling. So I'm always confused when people are named Stephen, but it's spelled that way. Well, what's weird is that my uncle is named Stephen with a V. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, was I named after him? Because you did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it like, doesn't You're work. named after him, but we want to we want to spell it cooler. Yeah. And I have an extra letter in there. I, dude, I, I always say, like, whenever I meet a Steven, I'm like, oh, my middle name's Steven. Which way is your spelled? The cool way or the non-cool way? And they're like, <laughs> with a V, I'm like, that ain't that ain't These it. are cool. V's like are a pretty V cool, guitar, though. man. Yeah. yeah. Steve There's I. no, like, flying PH guitar. You can go make that now. <laughs> the flying PH. You like a PH, like PH balance? Yeah. And yeah. it's, like, it's got a fat sound. Actually, a, the flying PH has to be a bass. Yeah. Yeah uh it does (laughs) all right so uh if you like this show which is the first episode but if you continue to like this show please subscribe on itunes or wherever you normally listen to podcasts apple podcasts apple podcasts yeah they're not calling it itunes oh shit let me change that yeah it's not itunes uh i mean so the the desktop program is technically still called itunes Uh but all the iphone app where everyone's actually subscribed is apple podcasts yeah yeah yeah. so you got to tell them to go to apple podcasts okay boom rereading <laughs> if you like this show please subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you normally listen to podcasts yeah uh probably stitcher who listens to stitcher no man spotify is the new shit right if you can get on spotify we're on spotify but listen money matters is not yet oh um so does people- it just automatically happen no we had to like okay so we e-begged Spotify over and over and over again because our audience <laughs> e-begged our co- our audience would just be like, "Hey, why aren't you on Spotify?" And I'm like, "Go tweet Spotify and ask them." Yeah. And then I filled out this form and I emailed Spotify a bunch of times. And then what it finally took was my podcast host submitted all their shows and got them on Spotify. Oh, okay. Which is weird because I had heard that like Libsyn was going to do this a long time ago. Yeah. And Listen Money Matters is on Libsyn, but yeah. they're not on Spotify. I'm on Simplecast, and we are on Spotify, so uh, I don't know what it is. Well, so right now I'm being hosted on Transistor FM. I've never even heard of that. It's Justin Jackson's new company. Oh, okay. Well, then you better tell Justin Jackson to get your ass on Spotify. Um, I'm assuming since I'm on his platform, he listens to every single show that gets uploaded. So, Justin, if you're listening. Yeah. Hey, Justin. Matt needs to be on Spotify. I need. I need chop, chop. I'm looking at the cameras. I'm not even fucking <laughs> it's on. It's off. Yeah, the battery died, I think. <laughs> I'm um, like, Justin, please. And then you should tell people if they're on Android, Google Play is where to get the podcasts. Because that's, yeah. Well, when we were doing, or I guess when you were doing LMM, um, there was no native Android podcast platform. 
Oh, so now Google Like, Play. people had to go download Podcast Addict or Overcast or... Overcast wasn't even on it. So uh, can I just say, like, okay, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts yeah. normally. Yeah. Okay. And then you could have a page on Money Lab that gives them the links to everything. Yeah, all right. I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, if you really like this show... Please leave us a review because apparently that helps more people find out about uh, the show and attracts <laughs> more sponsors, which makes us more money. And it, it allows me to continue wanting to publish this show. Yeah. It is a show called Money Lab. Yeah. Damn right it is. Where's the sponsors? Got to give me that money. <laughs> what? Uh, is that, do you think, reviews? I'm like asking you right now. Like, this is so I don't know about reviews. I don't either. I, I, mean, I honestly have I don't even no give a shit. idea how to organically uh, grow a podcast's promotion in Apple Podcasts anymore. Yeah. Uh, have a friend at Apple who will put you in like that featured area. Otherwise, just get a lot of subscribers. I honestly think it is like, at this point, there are so many big media companies and big stars launching podcasts yeah. that it's like, drive a lot of people to your show. And then they'll, and then maybe if your show's so amazing that somebody at Apple catches their like catches their attention, maybe they'll sure. do something to promote it. But this is why that I'm pushing the video thing because yeah. I'm like I have these social media platforms and they don't work with audio, but they work with video or they work with a little caption to video. Right, that makes sense. So that's gonna oh grow okay, up. I get that. I just don't have a good social following. Yeah, so maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Visit moneylab.co to follow along with my experiments and challenges trying to make money online and subscribe to get email updates and announcements from me in the future. Yeah. So, um, again, thanks, dude. Yeah. Appreciate it. Faux show. All right. Thanks again for listening. That's it. Bye.